In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. And you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Almighty God, our Maker and Redeemer, we poor sinners confess unto you that we are by nature sinful and unclean and that we have sinned against you by thought, word, and deed. Wherefore, we flee for refuge to your infinite mercy, seeking and imploring your grace for the sake of our Lord Jesus Christ. O most merciful God, who has given your only begotten Son to die for us, have mercy upon us, and for his sake, Grant us remission of all our sins, and by your Holy Spirit, increase in us true knowledge of you and of your will, and true obedience to your word, to the end that by your grace we may come to everlasting life, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, has had mercy upon us and has given his only son to die for us and for his sake forgives us all our sins. To those who believe on his name, he gives power to become the children of God and has promised them his Holy Spirit. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. Grant this Lord unto us all.
be to God on high. God, by the leading of a star, you made known your only begotten Son to the Gentiles. Lead us who know you by faith to enjoy in heaven the fullness of your divine presence. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Old Testament reading for the Feast of the Epiphany of our Lord is recorded in the prophet Isaiah, chapter 60. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from afar, and your daughters shall be nursed at your side. Then you shall see and become radiant. And your heart shall swell with joy, because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. The wealth of the Gentiles shall come to you. The multitude of camels shall cover your land. The dromedaries of Midian and Ephah, 
all those from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and incense, and they shall proclaim the praises of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord.
The epistle is recorded in St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter 3. For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for you Gentiles, if indeed you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which was given to me for you, how that by revelation he made known to me the mystery, as I have briefly written already, by which when you read you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to his holy apostles and prophets, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body, and partakers of his promise in Christ through the gospel, of which I became a minister, according to the gift of the grace of God given to me by the effective working of his power. To me, who am less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God, who created all things through Jesus Christ, to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known to the church, to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places, according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the second chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? 
for we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child, and when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed. And behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise be to I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.
the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In the darkness of this world, of sin, evil, unbelief, the curse and hardship of the fall, arise, shine, for your light has come. In the only begotten Son of the Father in human flesh, who is the seed of the woman, the seed and Savior of Abraham for all nations, the Son of David, your Prince. Contradictions. They are all around us. Our own lives as Christians are often contradictions. The good that we would do, we do not do. That which we would not do is the very thing that we do. Contradictions. Who will deliver us from this body of death? Thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. King Herod, the Magi from the East. King Herod was a contradiction. He is described as the king of the Jews, living in Jerusalem. He had the benefit of the prophets and the teachers of the law at his disposal. And the irony is he knew that they spoke the truth, but he didn't believe it. That is to say, he didn't trust it. In Herod's heart, this evil despot, he was jealous, filled with hatred and envy. He was a murderer. He murdered one of his wives. He murdered two of his own sons. He was a conniver and a cheat. There's a bit of Herod in all of us. You see in Herod the full flower of the sinful nature. Human beings at times seem so pious and inherently good on the outside, but on the inside they are sinners. And there's every kind of evil thought and desire. But like Adam and Eve, who tried to hide themselves, and even God from the truth, we do the same. The best of the world's thinkers have tried to explain mankind's disposition toward evil. But they have been unsuccessful in doing so. How can, for example, people might ask, we see so many good things exist side by side with such incredible evil. Yet there it is. Another apparent contradiction. But the greater contradiction or paradox that we celebrate here on the epiphany of our Lord is that God came in the flesh for the likes of Herod, for the likes of sinners like you and me. We cannot begin to understand the gospel unless we come to believe that Christ was born for our worst enemy. Unwillingness to believe this makes it 
impossible to accept Christ's forgiveness for ourselves. The Magi. They are called wise men, and some scholars and theologians think that that's a bad name for them. They're not wise, they were pagans. I beg to differ, because it's these magi who worship Jesus. They were wise because they followed the wisdom of the cross. But they are nonetheless a contradiction as well. How did they learn of the Savior's birth? They lived perhaps 800,000 miles away from Bethlehem. They were Gentiles, after all. Did they have access to the books of Moses, the Pentateuch, the Torah? Did they know the promise that God made to Abraham that in his seed all the nations of the earth would be blessed, which would explain why they believed that this Savior was born for them? Did they know the prophecy of Balaam? In Numbers 24, a star shall come out of Jacob, a scepter shall rise out of Israel. Did they know what to offer him by learning of the importance of gold and incense and fragrant oil by reading the liturgy in the Torah? that included all of these commodities as central to the worship life of the temple. We cannot say for certain how they knew, but we know for certain that they believed. Matthew records their confession. We have seen his star in the east, and we have come to worship him. Remarkable. A contradiction that people who were otherwise pagan, magi, should come to worship him. But doesn't it happen all the time? The most unlikely of individuals come to know and confess the truth and are willing to die for it. Many would have excluded the magi as I said, pagans, they don't have the truth. They're outside of the kingdom of God. What a contradiction. The outsiders knew more than the insiders. Gentiles, whom so many of the Jews wanted to exclude, are the ones included by God. They were called to faith, like so many unworthy characters that St. Matthew the Evangelist draws our attention to in his narrative of the gospel. The lepers who were cleansed. The centurion's servant who was healed. The woman with the flow of blood who was cleansed. And the Canaanite woman whose daughter was demon-possessed and cried out to Jesus, Son of David, have mercy. What's interesting about all of those, together with the Magi, is we have no record what went on before in terms of their encounter with Jesus. The lepers, the Gentile centurion, the Canaanite woman who would not let go of him, but worshipped him in spite of the experiences that she had 
a remarkable contradiction. By the grace of God, these all came to know Jesus and to worship him. Do you know what the Lutheran confessions say is the highest worship of God? Not what we offer to God. And the Magi did not offer the gold and frankincense and the myrrh to, to appease God's wrath or something like that. It was an act of faith. And that's the highest worship of God, the desire to receive Christ and his forgiveness and to cling to him like that Canaanite woman who would not let go of him. No matter how many experiences of her life thundered at her, he doesn't love you, he doesn't love you, he doesn't love you, he doesn't care for you, you're not part of Israel. She knew better because she had been touched by the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. By the grace of God, these all came to know and worship Jesus. Just like the Magi, the wise men. And isn't that really what a wise man or woman or child is? A person who utterly despairs of himself, claims no righteousness of his own, and clings to Jesus. There are many outcasts among us. People who shouldn't be here tonight because of their sordid past, their daily struggles with sin, things that plague our conscience with a sense of hypocrisy. Nevertheless, the call of the gospel has gone out to you. And you are here like the Magi. Life is full of contradictions and paradoxes. This is what Epiphany is all about. A Savior comes for the unworthy and the undeserving and those who are suffering and whose suffering, by any other measure of human reason, you would think would stamp out their faith, and yet their faith shines brightly. Arise, shine, for your light has come. Jesus himself is a contradiction to human reason. If the epiphany is the revealing of the Son of God in his glory, then how would we expect to see that glory? If someone were to say, I will show you God, what would the average person expect to see? Sinful man has his expectations of what God should be and of what God should do. It's the height of supreme arrogance when sinful man dictates, if there were a God, this is what he would be like and this is what he would do. The height of folly, the foolishness of this world. Displays of power. Some would want to see that. Acquiescence to what our will determines to be right, to the dictates of our so-called wisdom, which is no wisdom at all. 
Many would like God to fix what is wrong in this world on their terms. Then I'll believe. Then I will know that there is a God. Then I will see his glory. After all, shouldn't a king visit his people in royal robes with a legion of finest troops at his side? Shouldn't a king fulfill the heart's desires for his people? Shouldn't he be seen as the mighty victor in whom there is no weakness? Isn't weakness a sign of frailty and the proof there is no God? But what do we see? We see rather the poor town of Bethlehem instead of the royal palace of Jerusalem. We see a lowly mother and a fearful husband struggling to find shelter and warmth instead of the armies of an empire. We see swaddling cloths instead of fine linen. We see a helpless, dependent child instead of a self-sufficient man. What a contradiction. These are not the things that wise human reason would expect. But these are the things of God. The epiphany of the one through whom all things were made and whose love is the fountain and source of life. In the poverty and hardship of Bethlehem's manger, God reveals himself to us. The ultimate contradiction in all of this is the contradiction of the cross. The king of heaven became man in order that man might become one with God and be reconciled to the Father. He lived in poverty even though he created and sustains all things. He suffered the death of the cross even though he knew no sin. It is this contradiction, this paradox, that moved the wise men from the east to fall down and worship him and to rejoice with exceedingly great joy, Matthew says. They were overflowing with joy, a joy that could not be contained. These are believers in Christ. Make no mistake about it. To rejoice with exceedingly great joy. It is the same for us when in the weakness and the poverty and the darkness of our spiritual condition we are touched by the grace of God in Jesus. Through his humiliation, suffering, and death, God makes alive and gives salvation to sinners who do not deserve it. This is the epiphany of God's love in the incarnation of his Son and in the foolishness of the cross. Hermann Sasse, the great Lutheran theologian of the 20th century, once wrote, Between the wisdom of God and the wisdom of the world, there is a complete and unbridgeable contradiction. What is foolishness to man is regarded as wisdom by God. What a man regards as good can be sin in the eyes of God. 
what human wisdom considers good fortune and therefore strives for, health, success, affluence, these things, God in his wisdom may see as harmful for a person's good and so deny them. In God's judgment, sickness, failure, and poverty may be far better. And God's judgment is not mistaken. We learn to believe the truth of what Sase wrote by looking exclusively to the cross of Christ, where God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. This is the theology of the cross. In order to make alive, God puts to death. In order to raise us to the heights of heaven, we are often brought to the pits of hell. In order to bind up broken hearts, they must first be broken to their need for Christ. We learn to believe this through the light of the cross, through the good news. We learn the contradiction that our Lord Jesus shares fully in our humanity, which includes every failure, every weakness, every struggle, every sickness, and every sin. This is the real epiphany, the revelation of God's love in the suffering and death of his son for the salvation of humanity. This is the real epiphany, that through the suffering of our lives, God draws us to the one eternal truth. Salvation comes through Christ alone. This epiphany drew the Magi across the miles to worship Jesus and to see for us our Savior and his love in the midst of the confounding contradictions of our lives, wherein we know because of his manger bed and brutal cross that he loves us. In the name of Jesus. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Let us pray for the whole church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. O God, you have made yourself known to all nations 
in the person of your Son, grant us a right knowledge of him, that we would abandon the darkness of this world and embrace the joy of his heavenly light. Lord, in your mercy. Giver of all wisdom, you guided the wise men from the east to your holy Son, that they might worship their King and Savior. Preserve us in the true faith, that we would not be led astray by cultural trends or man-made philosophies. By your holy word, strengthen us to believe that Jesus is the Christ, your Son and our Savior, and grant that we may make use of your gifts according to your will and with thanksgiving. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, you prepared a place for your Son, Jesus, in the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary, and in the home of Mary and Joseph. Bless our homes and all who dwell in them, that your word would be heard and your mercy be shown therein. Lord, in your mercy. May your light shine in the world for the correction of error and the promotion of virtue. Bless Joseph, our president, Tony, our governor, and all elected and appointed civil servants. Guide them in the pursuit of justice and peace for all people. Guard those who protect and defend us against all enemies. Lord, in your mercy. From distant lands and far off places, you gather a people to bear your name and live in the light of your word. Bless the church that she may be united in doctrine, live in harmony and peace, and labor to bring the light of Christ to those still dwelling in darkness and death. Lord, in your mercy. Give to all people the comfort of your presence, healing according to your will, relief of suffering, and an end to the terrors of mind and heart, especially those for whom our prayers have been requested. Reverend John Leiter, Bob Piper, Bob Rothy, Peyton Locklear, Jamelyn Martin, Kathy Miller, Heather Peters, Josiah Berenger, Reverend Dwayne Schneider, and all of the families of those who have lost loved ones in sudden death. Sustain the weary with your word, the wounded with hope, and the dying with peace. Lord, in your mercy. Holy God, eternal light, in the sacrament of the altar, your Son hides his glory beneath bread and wine in order to reveal your goodness. Bring us to your table with hearts that are well prepared and that yearn for your forgiveness and life. Shine the light of Christ into our lives and enable us to arise and shine your love to others. Lord, in your mercy. May your light shine on us and bring forth the fruits of repentance in our daily lives. Give us confidence in your word that we would embrace your holy will without fear. Hear and answer us, we pray, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. We sing hymn 409.
to the Lord our God. It is meet and right so to do. It is truly meet, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. For what had been hidden from before the foundation of the world, you have made known to the nations in your Son. In him, being found in the substance of our mortal nature, you have manifested the fullness of your glory. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me.
The peace of the Lord be with you always.
Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. And his mercy endures forever. Let us pray. O God, the Father, the fountain and source of all goodness, who in loving kindness sent your only begotten Son into the flesh, we thank you that for his sake you have given us pardon and peace in this sacrament. And we ask you not to forsake your children, but always to rule our hearts and minds by your Holy Spirit, that we may be enabled constantly to serve you. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Bless we the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen, amen, amen.